Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcast over there. Sure to check out great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, welcome back, everyone. We have a special episode today because we have a special guest. Uh, Tyler is here with us. Uh, Tyler, we we kind of do a little bit of the... Um, we, we put guests on the spot to kind of introduce themselves uh, here. And, and really, it's a chance for you to kind of share what makes sense about you. But uh, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we're, we're assuming you're a Vikings fan. Uh, and so maybe tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and, and how you happen to fall into the pleasure of cheering for the Vikings. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, my name is Tyler Fornis. I am the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Um, I've been a Vikings fan for as long as I can remember. I'm 33 years old, and my favorite football player, as you can tell of all time, is Warren Moon. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting Tecmo Super Bowl, and I would always play as the Houston Oilers. And then he ended up signing with the Vikings. And what, some of my earliest football memories are of him playing quarterback for the Vikings. And I just, they were the hometown team, just kind of fell for him. And that love obviously got um, exponentially bigger in 1998, being yeah. actually old enough to really comprehend a lot of what was going on. Because 97, yeah. I was still just a little bit too young to understand a lot of the intricacies, like with the Dennis Green stuff, um, writing the book and being literally a game away from being fired and never having Randy Moss uh, to all of a sudden, hey, we have one of the greatest offenses of all time. Like it's It's been a roller coaster for sure, but let me tell you, it's when that title eventually comes, it's going to be that much sweeter because we dealt with a lot of shit to get there. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's a contentious issue. Sam actually was a Packers fan mostly kind of before getting rolling here. And then now it's a bit of uh, an issue whether Sam actually supports this team. Um, so you're kind of, I don't know, you're kind of in controversial territory depending on who you ask. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about making the jump from fan to writer slash podcaster analyst? I mean, you know, tell us what do you, what do, you do in the Vikings worlds uh, and how did you get there? Yeah, so it's a, it's a really weird story. When I was a kid, when I, when I was six, I wanted to be one of two things. I wanted to be an NFL kicker or Pat mm-hmm. Summerall. And all throughout school, I, I wanted to be in media. And my mom at the time, you know, uh, the economy was just disgustingly bad. And it was without a lot of this digital space, it was a lot harder to make it in that industry. Mm-hmm. So she being, you know, my mom kind of convinced me to try something else. So I did end up dropping out of college, worked in the restaurant business for a decade and Four years ago, I almost died. Uh, my appendix blew on me twice and was gangrene and was literally hours from killing me. And after that, um, I got a I got a fun story while I was in the hospital. Um, I developed a friendship with Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. He I saw I was Florio. in the hospital. Amazing. I love Florio too. Uh, he okay. saw I was in the hospital and sent Paul Allen to my hospital room to come cheer me up. Uh, Amazing. So that was really cool. At that point, I'm just like, you know what? I've always wanted to be in media, so I'm just going to try. I have no idea how I'm going to get started. Uh, and I ended up creating a 
pretty much now defunct website called Coast to Coast Scouting with a bunch of other guys. None of them really cared about it. They just wanted to say they ha- they were writers and stuff. Yeah. I really wanted to. And within two years of that starting, I got my my first real paid gig with NBC Sports Edge. And then a year after that, I ended up going full time. And within two or three weeks of being full time, I ended up becoming the managing editor of Vikings Wire. So my journey is a little abnormal, but I put in a lot of 90 hour weeks of going to work, managing at that point, I was managing a liquor store, coming home, working for NBC for like five hours, doing a couple of things for Vikings Wire, going to bed, sleeping five, six hours, getting up and doing it all over again. And on top of that, I had column responsibilities for them and, you know, just ended up just working my way up. And obviously you got to put in the work. You have to work hard and you have to be good at it, but you also have to know the right people and treat them with respect and treat them well. Mm-hmm. And I, I was lucky and fortunate enough to be able to have that kind of character uh, instilled by my parents. And here we are now I'm, I'm full time. I, I literally do nothing uh, for work except audio and written content about football. And I, I can't really ask for much more than that. Very cool. I got to say, I did not expect the Florio Paul Allen turn, and nor did I expect the near death story. I think that's a first for us, Sam, of, you know, almost coming to the end and then saying, you know what, let's friggin' pursue the dream. Yeah, that, that, uh, that is quite an unreal story. Uh, and lots of, um, yeah, neat, neat opportunities. I think you kind of highlight just the way that uh, some of these uh, the, the dominoes uh, fell mm-hmm. together, but also just the way that you've really uh, worked hard to be able to get to where you are. And and uh, yeah, everyone's story is quite unique in this industry in terms of mm-hmm. what it looks like to get started. And, and that is, you got quite the story there. Uh, yeah, I, I do. What's what's really interesting is like when I was in school, like all throughout school, I mean, I'm I'm six six three twenty. I am a very large human being. Um, you put me next to Christian Derisaw. The only thing that's really going to be different about us is he's muscular and athletic, and I'm not. Um, but throughout school, you know, being the picked on kid, everybody knew I was just wicked smart. I had offers to take college classes at ten years old, and but fo- sports always stuck in my head, and they would try and quiz me, um, like in class. I mean, outside of class, and they would try to like stump me, and they couldn't. Right. And I always knew, like, you know, I can, I could use this to my advantage. And lo and behold, once I finally kind of got into it, and then I started learning more of the nitty gritty and the X's and O's and some of the real intricacies paired with my very broad general knowledge, you know, it it ended up coming to fruition. Good for you. Yeah. Good for, I mean, so at six six three twenty. I mean, as you said with Darisai, you're kind of built like an old tackle. Did you play ball growing up? No, I didn't. Um, my mom, uh, ironically, would never sign the permission slip. Sure. So, I, but I'm not an athletic guy. I am sure. much more of a, hey, I can talk about it. I can talk you through it. But I I used to be able to kick. I had goalposts growing up in my backyard. I used to, at like 10 years old, I could nail a 25, 30-yard field goal. But I've never been a good enough athlete to really be able to make it. And sure. I can live with that. Yeah. Fair it yeah, it seems yeah. like you've been able to find something that really works for you and something that you you've wanted to do for quite some time. This is uh I, I feel like we could probably actually just fill this podcast talking about your life. 
Um, but I, I also know that we've we've got some other things that we prepared here. Maybe Kyle, I'll throw it over to you to uh, to kind of set up our our next yeah portion of, yeah. of this podcast here. So point number two, Tyler is a who says no portion. Are you familiar okay. with those? They're more co- they're more common in hockey. You know the hypothetical yeah. trade scenarios. This side gives you this. This side would give this. You know who says? Oh yeah, that, yeah. I'm, I'm sure familiar you've, with I'm that. Sure you've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I mean, Sam and I, we're both Canadian. We're from Canada. We love who says no. This is like a staple in hockey coverage. Uh, not as popular in football coverage, it seems. But in any case, you get the concept. Okay, so uh, I'm hey, basically I'm born ahead. and raised in Minnesota. We know hockey. Yeah, absolutely. You're a wild fan, probably. So. Yeah, the only people that know hockey more than us are Canadians. There you go. There you go. You would have uh, that would have been reason for fisticuffs if you were saying that Minnesota knew hockey better than Canadians. I don't know. We we take you, a lot of pride in, in our hockey. I think I think you would you could at least make an argument and it not be absurd. Yeah, but I yeah. don't. It's I mean we're the state of hockey. Like we you sell are. out high school yeah. hockey. Our high school hockey tournament would be next weekend. That it'll be like four straight days of like 18,000 people. That's great. That's great. Just like bumping. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who says no? So the first one, I'm sure you've seen this uh, circulating. Sam and I don't actually think it's all that realistic, but we'll say we're going to toss it over to you. Uh, yes. Mr. Jalen Ramsey, still an excellent corner. He's being traded to the Vikings in exchange for a 2023 first, their first round pick. And then... We're going to say a mid-round selection potentially to go alongside that. And the reason why I settled in that compensation was back in 2019, he was traded from Jacksonville to LA in exchange for two firsts and a mid-round. And so here we're a few years on. He's a little bit older, quite expensive. The deal's going to have to get you know redone, so on and so forth. A first and a mid-round pick, Jalen Ramsey coming over from the Rams. Who says no? Or do they agree to it? Because it could be uh, both sides say yes. We love it. Nah, Quazy says no. Listen, okay. the, one of the things about the cornerback position, you would love, absolutely love to have an elite cornerback like Jalen Ramsey. One thing that you don't need, especially in the system, is a cornerback like Jalen Ramsey. Cornerback is a weakling system. Don't have anybody that sucks. Take a look at the Bengals. They made the, the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game and lost both games by a combined seven points over the past two years. Their best cornerback was Eli Apple or Mike Hilton. You don't need to have great players. You just need to have good ones. And I think the Vikings, if they were to trot out Andrew Booth Jr., Caleb Evans, and Cameron Dancer as their cornerbacks this year, assuming all of them stay healthy, yada, yada, bing, bang, you know, there are all those variables, injuries, and uh, rotating guys in and out. But I think you'd be okay, especially with how the system prioritizes getting pressure and being physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think that they'd be fine. Um, I do think that you should still go out and fortify the position bring back Duke Shelley, pursue a guy like Jonathan Jones or Byron Murphy and potentially uh Shaq Griffin, who is going to be yeah. released from the, uh, which we call it the Jaguars that just right. came out a couple hours ago. Yeah. Just make sure the position doesn't suck and have any glaring weaknesses. Like the one thing with that Donatello is he didn't even ma- try to maximize the strengths of his players. The strengths of his two starting corners in that playoff game playing press coverage. And you're having these guys play like seven yards off and they're just getting torched underneath. Like, I think just having fours in the building will make a massive difference. And at that price point, I'm out. And I think Quazy will be too. If it's really just a cap cutting measure so they could save an extra five million bucks on the cap, mm-hmm. I think the Rams might take it too. But that would be a real desperation move. 
All right. Good enough. That's uh, by the way, and we'll leave it there. We got a few more of these, but like the the belief that a Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., and Cameron Dantzler is more or less as presumably. I mean, you mentioned names Byron Murphy, Jonathan Jones, adding someone in who can help in the slot, especially. Um, you know, the players you mentioned could help there. Uh, that's a spicy take. Not ever not everybody agrees with that. That that like that we're good with these three corners, right? So that's that's an interesting. I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily, but it's definitely a spicy take. I don't think we're necessarily good with those three corners. I think if you trot out those three corners, you're not feeling like it's a disaster and you have something just awful waiting to happen. It all depends on who else you have in the building. I think you prioritize trying to get those three major snaps and reps to continue their development because all of a sudden, year three, you may have two high-quality starters in Booth Jr. and Caleb Evans. Okay. All right. Well, then there you have it. So in this one, it's the Vikings who say no. Okay, option two, who says no? The Indianapolis Colts call us and say, I say us as a part of the team. They call the Vikings and they say, we will give you DeForest Buckner in exchange for a second. Back in back in 2020, he went for a first. And so here now, a couple years later, it's a second round pick. I recognize they don't have their second this year. Therefore, let's say it's a 2024 second round pick. What do we say, DeForest Buckner? And obviously with the caveat that there has to be a rework deal, given that he has this you know, quarterback-esque cap hit right so but mm-hmm. someone who can still play at a high level get that interior pressure really kind of be quite terrifying next to it's neil hunter next to is darius smith or whatever the case may be so what do you say forrest buckner for a second i think the vikings say no um yeah. one of the things with this this scheme and especially with this defensive line class. And I was just watching the combine earlier. And let me tell you, I was really impressed with a lot of these guys. And the more I continue to watch, especially some of these hybrid guys, um, I did, I always mispronounce his name. I have to look at it whenever I pronounce it. It's the Northwestern kid. Um, the second I see it, I'll be able to pronounce it, but I can't off the top of my head. Ade Tamiwa, Ade Baware. Tremendous. Okay. He plays like the purple Power Ranger. Um, he's 282 pounds, only like six one and a half. But the guy just ran a four four nine forty with a one like a one point six one ten yard split, and mm-hmm. he, he can move. He's physical. He's got power. Like that's the kind of guy you want to draft, and you can play him in a lot of different ways. Buckner would be great. I don't think you necessarily need to have that guy. And at eighteen and a half million bucks. Eh, now I'm good. I I I don't need that. Uh, that's that's a hefty contract. Plus that second round pick would be 2024. So all of a sudden you don't have any picks on day two going into 2024. And this team, as much as we liked what they did last year, they have too many holes to really try to just go and push their chips all in to make something happen. I'm I don't think the Vikings say yes. All right, I'm going to try and get you on this last one then. We'll see if we can get a Vikings yes. Uh, T. Higgins was in the rumors, and they got kind of shot down pretty emphatically recently. He's obviously an excellent receiver. Thank God the Packers didn't draft him, right, because he would have been terrifying by Devontae. Uh, but what about Mr. Boyd, Tyler Boyd? Uh, if there's a, So he's in the final year of his contract, and again, it's with this understanding, similar to Buckner, similar to Ramsey, deal has to be redone. I think Boyd's coming in around 10 or so million, but not very many guarantees left over. Mid-round pick, third or fourth, could you be tempted by Tyler Boyd to come in, 
Tyler Boyd, excuse me, coming as your wide receiver too. What do you think? I think the Vikings might bite on it, but at the same time, what difference is there between Tyler Boyd and Adam Thielen at this point? I like Boyd. I think he's a very solid player, but I'm not looking at Boyd as an upgrade. And if I'm going to be taking on a contract like that, I want to see them as some form of upgrade. And because Joe Burrow's going to be entering like the last year of, hey, I'm cheap. I think they're going to want to keep Boyd as that third option and then move on from him or see if they can sign him to some legacy deal. I actually think before the Vikings say no, the Bengals would say no, because I just don't think that's enough uh, enough compensation coming back for them to move on to somebody who's been like a real, real leader on that team. All right. Good enough. So then we'll conclude it there. We'll toss. I mean, crazy offense is not shy about trading. Like he has kind of mm-hmm. lived up to his professional background. He trades a lot. Right. Oh, and, yeah. and I think that's pretty exciting. Um, disagree with some of his moves. Agree with some of his moves. There's been some good, some bad, but he's man goes for it. And I respect it. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have anyone in mind or is this basically just kind of like a wait and see approach impossible to say, like when you look at potential trades, potential movements, is this anything at all that you have your eye on or any thoughts or are you just basically taking a wait and see approach? The one guy I have my eye on is Byron Jones from Miami. He's sure. basically going to be a post June 1st uh, cut by the Dolphins. He's due like $14.3 million. And I think the Vikings could, uh, convince him to do a reworked deal where he's and the Vikings would be on the hook for like nothing. So they could trade like a six round pick for him. Just get, he gets off of Miami's books and they could potentially do something with him. The idea of signing Byron Jones next to Xavier Howard is all of a sudden you have two top flight cornerbacks that can handle anybody in man coverage. And now when you do these zero blitzes, you're in great shape. So adding a guy that Flores already has familiarity with mm-hmm. who this system I think could be really, really appealing. Um, one thing that I've also noticed as far as trends with these trades, the two trades he made this past off season, Jalen Rager, Ross Blacklock, they were top 40 picks entering year three. So they had two years of inexpensive team control. Rager's contract is guaranteed for this year. It's like two point something million. Ross Blacklock's is not, they can cut him with zero penalty. So it's, High upside, I mean, the risk is relatively low, mm-hmm. but you're not exactly talking about anything close to a slam dunk. I like the idea of continuing to make these trades and see if a different environment can help stimulate something and change their outcome, because I really like Blackhawk coming out. I hated Rager. I thought he was massively overrated, and it turns out I was right, and now he plays for my football team, which is kind of ironic. Uh, but Blacklock absolutely did not pan out. I would expect him to be a cut before uh, his uh, guarantees vest, which I think is like, I don't know, a few days into the league year. It, because it's a rookie deal, it might not even be till week one. Um, but I don't expect Blacklock to be on this team at the beginning of next season. All right, good enough. Let's maybe, do you want to translate, because we were talking about recent draft picks. Sam, do you want to kick it over to point three? Talk about the draft a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we've got, again, the draft is coming up. I know, Tyler, you mentioned watching the combine today, and and I know that this is maybe fresh for you and and you start to think a little bit about what the Vikings may do and again we're kind of in the point of the offseason where we like to talk a lot about what could happen and and speculating and kind of predicting what may happen so we're going to throw out some hot takes some are hotter than others some are kind of more um 
more tame, but there's some uncertainty there. And some are like, oh, you know what? That would be uh, that'd be a big move. So I'm going to just throw out some ideas for you and you just say, hey, you know what? I can see it happening. You know what? Not going to happen. Some of them might actually require a bit of an answer. Uh, but uh, let, let's start here because, again, uh, quarterback is talked about a lot. Uh, you got Kirk Cousins and, and a lot of discourse out there on him right now. Uh, again, the Vikings, the, the hot take here is the Vikings draft a quarterback. What do you think? I think they will. Um, when I don't know, they need to at least start a succession plan for Kirk Cousins. Like I, I understand he had a great year last year. If you look at a lot of his numbers, they were down year over year and they were some of the worst he's ever put up. But as far as the play on the field, I actually thought he showed some progressive uh, elements of his game. He was willing to attack more downfield. He was more trusting of his receivers. Actually, he was more trusting of Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. And then there was a little developed with KJ Osborne, but I I don't have a lot of faith that Osborne's going to be anything more than he already is. But he's also 35. And this is when typically quarterbacks start to decline. And there's there's this rhetoric out there. Oh, he can play for five more years. Like, uh, look at history. How many guys are great after the age of 35? You have a couple anomalies as of late. Like Aaron Rodgers really took a nosedive this year. Philip Rivers' arm was basically falling off. Drew Brees was only successful because Sean Payton's a god. Like, you look at some of these guys; they fall off hard at starting about right now. So I I want to at least have a succession plan. I have no problem continuing to start him as long as he plays well. But you need to plan for the future. And right now the Vikings have nothing. I, they need to do something. What that something is, I don't I don't know yet. Will it be a Jaron Hall in like round four? Hendon Hooker in round three, which God, I hope not. Um, could they just sell the farm and trade it for Anthony Richardson, which I would praise beyond everything. I think Richardson's going to be the next big thing in, in this league. And anybody who just does anything like quoting, like, oh, his accuracy is bad. Did not watch him throw. Did not watch the film. They're just looking at, oh, 53.9%. Well, why was it like that? There's so many reasons that you can actually explain it. And quite frankly, the answers are a lot more important than the numbers themselves. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that. Cause I, I know one of the things that's been floated is, you know what, draft a quarterback, but maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year. And again, it all depends a little bit on the class, but also I think like what you're saying is that you want to get develop that succession plan sooner rather than later. Like mm-hmm. you, you kind of wait and, and if you wait too long, maybe you're kind of stuck in the spot where you're, you got someone out there that maybe shouldn't be out there. Um, so I, I hear there's a the the your your idea if you were in charge, take a quarterback this year. Yeah, did just make sure you at least have somebody in mind. Even if you take a Jaron Hall in round four, that doesn't prevent you from taking a guy next year. Like the you can do that. Like the Falcons could take a guy this year at eight. They took Desmond Ritter in round three last year. At least have a semblance of an idea of a plan. And then if you find a guy that you love even more, go up and get him next year. Just have something. Yeah. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. Okay. Here's the next one. Quasi uh, Adolfo Mensa pulls off a trade involving the first round pick. I, I'd, I'd say that's on almost certainty at this point. We just don't have a lot of capital. 
Um, I think if somebody like it, if Anthony Richardson falls into the teens, which at this point I think it's ne- like there's like next to no chance that happens. I think he could make a move up, but this draft class is incredibly strong from like 20 to 70. There's a lot of guys that could go in that range. Just in my mock draft roundups, I have calculated the Vikings having being sent 44 different players since January 1st from major outlets. That's a lot of talent in that kind of glut. I think that trading back and trying to get more picks in that range is an ideal scenario. Um, maybe you trade back. Hey, you maybe you trade back to the Lions again and you get like they're the two second round picks and maybe a little bit of sweetener on top of it. You're moving back quite a bit, but then all of a sudden you've got a lot of picks on day two and then you can move back up in day two for less capital. Um, I know there's taboo about trading with the lions. Like I I'm with crazy. I don't care. Just don't lose the trade. And you could argue they lost the trade last year. I don't think they lost the trade, but I think they could have gotten more. And for me, that was the big frustration. Um, yeah, I, I think it's an almost certainty he does not keep that pick. Yeah, no, it, it does feel like that, uh, especially where we saw last year. Uh, I was interested because I think certainly the the I think the prediction would be that there is a trade, but it's a trade back. But you kind of hint like, you know, maybe there is someone like if if there's someone special, uh, it, it would be really interesting to see what the Vikings would do and what what kind of they would part with to move up. Uh, and if there's someone there, so that that would be mm-hmm. interesting. Um, there's always one or two guys on on a team's board where if they they get to a certain range you attack 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 every team's got them i don't know who the vikings will be but it wouldn't shock me if it ends up being a quarterback yeah that would be a lot of fun i can uh, i can already imagine the conversation around uh, around a move oh, like god that. i'm i it's gonna be a disaster it's gonna be awful <laughs> because the people who like my mentions, whenever I talk about a quarterback, are just god awful. It is a place you'd never want to go because there are people who just be like, well, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. Like, look, Cousins can be good. And you also have to realize from a business perspective, it's best to replace him. Like, it's there are too many people in, that are fans in general. And I don't necessarily blame them that fall too in love with players. And I used to kind of fall into this trap too. Sometimes you have to think from a true neutral perspective as an analyst. So you can get a real picture of what's actually going on. And I don't think enough people are willing to do that. And that's why you have such ugly conversations on social media. Yeah. I, I, um, I think that's some wise insight. I think certainly it's hard to, to be objective about uh, your team and their players, but uh, okay. Well, this one's kind of related. So I'll just tie it in here too. Uh, you kind of mentioned this already being a possibility, but uh, the, the hot take is the Vikings acquire a second round selection in 2023. I'd say that's a pretty good take. I think it, they're going to find a way to acquire, whether it be, hey, you get a third round for moving back or you end up going back into the second round for somebody to come up for a player. I think that they're going to end up picking the second round at some point, absolutely. Yeah, it, that's I guess that certainly is tied in with uh, with with two there. It feels like that's a that would be nice again. Depends on, on what it takes to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned just the the depth of this draft, particularly uh, you said between t- uh, twenty and seventy. So, uh, yeah, again, it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's one that's going to uh, maybe cause some uh, reactions from some people. Uh, hot take: Minnesota's first selection is a corner. 
I don't think it will be, and I don't think it should be. Um, Odie, quiet down. My my uh my eight month old French bulldog sees a package on the floor and thinks it's time to go into kill mode. Um, but no, I, I I've been pounding this drum. This is a deep corner class. You don't have to force it. If you, I think the first pick should be a wide receiver because I like the top of this wide receiver class more than a lot of people do. I currently have four first round grades. Um, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Josh Jones, and Zay Flowers. I think any of them could come in and make immediate impact for the Vikings. All of them in slightly different ways. Um, I think that Downs is more of a Stephon Diggs type player. Johnston is an X receiver. Uh, Jordan Addison likely is best played out of the slot, but you play so many condensed formations, it doesn't really matter. And Zay Flowers, uh, I've seen people comp him to Antonio Brown, and I don't hate it. He goes zoom zoom, and he's got a lot of technical ability, and he's five foot nine. Like it kind of tracks. Um, I think taking a position that isn't necessarily as deep with a high quality player makes more sense early. I have graded 12 cor- cornerbacks so far. All of them have at least a 79, which is a high third. And 10 of those are in round one or two. This is a good corner class. You can get a starter. I'd like pick 60 and they could play day one and you feel pretty good about it. Like if, the, if you love a guy, take him. I'm not, not going to say don't, but in a vacuum, I'd wait and prioritize a different position early. I like that. If, if you, so, so maybe to build on that, what is there a particular position that you would say, again, I, I think there's always this recognition that you, you choose the player and, and not necessarily uh, focus really specifically on a position. Uh, but if you had to kind of throw out, Hey, you know what, this would be a position that maybe could be filled in that spot. If, if, for example, they are picking up 23. Do you have any kind of uh, leaning one way about, uh, yeah, a position that would make sense? I think wide receiver edge probably make the most sense. Um, it all depends on who's there because I don't know how the the back end of the top 10 and then the teens are going to really shake out because it could go a lot of different directions. How heavy is corner going to be? It's just Brian Brice and Miles Murphy get taken early. Or do they fall because they're very raw but athletic? Like, I I don't know who's all going to be there. And I think that's one of the tough parts about mock drafting right now for the Vikings. Like, I love Brian Branch, the hybrid slot safety out of Alabama. I would absolutely be thrilled with Brian Branch in that spot. I think he probably goes like 14. But if he gets past the Packers, I think he, he could easily end up a Minnesota Viking. But there's so much... So much weird space in that area. I just genuinely don't know. And that's why I think you should really keep your options open. Don't force a corner because you can get one later and still feel good about it. Plus, the Vikings are going to fortify in free agency. Like, they're going to get corners. They don't have to take one. Right now, yeah, they have three corners on the roster. That's kind of scary. But it's also March 2nd. We have time. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, well, okay, let's do the last one here. We'll we'll finish off with this. So right now, if, if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings have four picks in this upcoming draft. Uh, it, soon to be five, but soon yes. Soon to be five with the comp- any- like Yeah. Yeah, so right now four, projected to be five. Uh, we're setting the over-under for Vikings picks in the draft at six and a half. Where would you stand? Over, because I think it's going to end up being seven. I think that over-under is very good, um, especially because with how much Kwesi likes to trade. And he is 
he views the capital a lot differently than Rick. Rick liked quantity and thought he was smart enough to draft quality wherever he was at. And you look, he's got hits everywhere. Even like a Fadio Denbo in round seven. That's a pretty big hit because he ended up being like a spot starter and a really good rotational player. Uh, you have Stefan Diggs, Daniil Hunter. Like if Trey Wayne's end up ended up becoming a fringe Pro Bowler, that 2015 class is legendary because you get Eric Kendricks, Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter. Even with that, you could end up having two Hall of Famers from that uh, 2015 class, which would are already make it one of the best in NFL history. Um, I think it's going to end up being seven, but he's going to wheel and deal, and not for quantity. He's going to try and attack um, quality. And he's going to try and find value at certain points in the draft where he can, you can find it like that Packers trade last year, 34 for 53 and 59. That was finding surplus value. The Packers massively overpaid for that 34th overall pick. And I think they ended up with two pretty good players in Andrew Booth Jr. and Ed Ingram, both of whom will probably end up being starters this next year. Right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, this is awesome. Tyler, thank you. We'll, uh, we're, we're going to, wrap up there that's all that we have but uh tyler i know you're on twitter at uh the real forno uh mm-hmm. where else can listeners find you and your your work your content absolutely well as you said you can find me on twitter at the real forno i host multiple shows um the real forno show which is um every monday night at 6 p.m central time in the climb in the pocket youtube channel i also host a pro wrestling podcast for voices of wrestling called The Good, The Bad, and The Hungy. It's a, it's an AEW-centric podcast. Um, we've been going for about four or five months now. It's a lot of fun. Um, all my mo- Almost all my Vikings work is on Vikings Wire. I'll be, I'll actually be, this is relatively new information, but I'll be co-hosting a bi-weekly show on uh, Purple Daily with Judd Zolgad, where we're, it's just going to be us Vikings Wire's guys shooting the, the stuff on football. Um, and then I, I started writing about writing about the Vikings for zone coverage, doing more like feature kind of stuff for them. And I'm also a gambling writer for fantasy points, which that's college football. So there's really nothing going on right now, but yeah, I've got my, my hands in a lot of different pots. So you, 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 uh, you keep yourself busy there. Uh, yeah, well, yes, I do. Well, thanks Tyler. We really appreciate you coming on and, and for Thank listeners. You, yeah. Just know that we, uh, We've we've shifted our time here. We won't be publishing anything on Monday. Uh, this was awesome to get Tyler in, kind of get a special episode and talk about some uh, of the upcoming pieces here with the Vikings. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll be back uh, not this Monday, but the following Monday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>